the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's common sense conservative commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. And happy Veterans Day, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, today on this radio program, we are saluting uh, the great men and women who wear the uniform of this nation. And we honor you. And without you and without the sacrifices that, that you make every single day, we would not be able to do what we do here on this radio program. Uh, so today, um, when you call in, if you have a, a loved one serving in the military, we want you to give that person a shout out. Maybe you are currently serving in the military. We want to honor you as as well, uh, because that's what we do here on this program. Welcome one and all from border to border, coast to coast, across the Fruited Plain. And again, folks, you'll have to excuse me. This weather is playing havoc on the docile tones that you normally hear emanating from your local radio station. So uh, I'm nursing it with community coffee and hot tea and cold tea and, well, whatever other kind of remedies you guys want to recommend, uh, but uh, we will do our best to persevere through the show today. Now, it is also Open Line Friday, and we uh, have a lot of new listeners, thanks to our friends over at Newsmax, and uh, that means that you can call in, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, you can ask me a question, and we love all takers here. So if you're a liberal, if you're a conservative, give us a call. Uh, we just ask that you come to the program with an informed opinion. Um, our telephone number is 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Now, I, I want to start with a um, with a very concerning story about, about people who are now standing up and fighting alongside the good people of Israel. And I had the opportunity to speak with a with a gentleman yesterday who owns a diner in Long Island, New York. And uh, this is a, a, he's a Greek man. Uh, he has uh, many Jewish friends. And when he found out about what was happening in Israel, he decided to show his solidarity with the people of Israel. So the owner of this Greek diner in Huntington, New York, a beautiful town, I've been there many times, uh, right there on Main Street, uh, this guy posted the Israeli flag. He also posted the photographs of every Jewish person that's being held hostage right now uh, by Hamas. And those are posted on the front windows of this of this diner. Well, a, a few days after this happened, uh, he 
received some messages from the DoorDash drivers. Now, the DoorDash, uh, these are the guys that deliver food to you. They were very popular during the China virus pandemic. And uh, anyway, these uh, Muslim DoorDash drivers complained. And they told the the owner of the Greek diner if the flag didn't come down and if those posters didn't come down of the hostages, they would no longer deliver his food to customers. And so the guy said, I, I'm not taking down the flag. I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, so it's it's so now uh, a lot of his staff have resigned because they're pro-Palestinian. And it, it's a fascinating story. And I want you to listen to uh, this interview we did with the owner of the Golden Globe Diner. Uh, Peter Sedalis is the owner of the diner. And Peter, so so honored to have you with us today. Um, tell us what happened here. What's going on? Why are people protesting you? Um, well, I really can't tell you why they're protesting me. I wouldn't know. I mean, most people that we've uh, talked to, they're uh, accusing me of uh, promoting hate and killing babies, and I think that's ridiculous. You know, the most important thing here is I don't think they understand what's really going on or they're brainwashed. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've been called a baby killer. I've been called a lot of names, and I'm not even Jewish. So you're right. You're the owner of a Greek diner, and uh, and tell us what happened when. So Israel came under attack, and and what did you do to show your solidarity and your support to the Israeli people? Well, my best friend is Jewish. He came over to my restaurant early in the morning, crying that his son, who just flew to Israel, uh, uh, a couple of days before the bombing, was uh, not. It did not want to come back. He tried to get him back to come to the United States right away to to avoid this whole uh, you know drama down there. But his son basically you know stood up and said, "Dad, you know, I don't want to be a coward. I want to fight for our country, so I'm not coming back to New York." So my friend, as a father, you know, which I understand, even though he's very proud of him, he was you know very upset. He had tears in his eyes, and he just picked up le- picked up and left and went to work. So as I was walking into my diner, I said, you know what? I'm going to honor this guy. He's my best friend. He's probably one of one of a handful of friends that I do have. I called the flag guys, and I put it up. I called them up, called my friend up, and I said, hey, on your way back home, why don't you uh, stop by the diner? I got something for you. And, you know, he came back, saw the flags, and it was very emotional. Um, you know, I grew up in Syasa, Woodbury, New York, primarily very Jewish community. <clears throat> I was one of, like, three Greek kids in the whole uh, school. And uh, my father-in-law is Jewish. My partner, you know, now is Jewish. So, you know, I have a lot of ties to the Jewish community. And, you know, they're good people from what I know. And uh, more importantly, you know, what's happening here has nothing to do with politics. More importantly, it it has to do with little babies and mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers that have been kidnapped, you know, in the middle of the night. Or, you know, very unexpectedly. And, you know, Peter, that's not I, it's, how wars are It's my understanding that, you know, DoorDash has come after you've had some people, you know, what, some staff members quit. Um, and and well, yet, the, go ahead. Go ahead. So as far as the DoorDash is concerned, you know, a lot of the drivers are from the Middle East. So, you know, they expressed concern when they saw the flags outside. And it started escalating to promoting hate, uh, you know, promoting uh, 
hospitals being bombed and promoting innocent people being killed, which is not why, you know, I, I put the flags up, um, you know, and they expressed their concerns and they told me that they refused to pick up my orders. Mm. Peter, so, we've got about know, we've we've got about one about sixty seconds here. Uh, the response so from the community has been pretty overwhelming, from what I understand. Uh, a lot of people coming and and showing their support to you. Is that right? The word is remarkable, humbling, and you know, I I couldn't even I I, I would have never thought this would have happened. I, I you know, this is not why we did it. We did it to you know to 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 you know support a couple of close friends of ours. And, you know, people that really don't deserve to be in a situation like this. You know, I'm from Greece. Greece is very close to Israel. Israel is the only democracy over there. Without Israel, you know, all hell will break loose everywhere. So, in my opinion, and that's only my opinion, uh, you know, Israel is uh, needs to stand strong. And they need to, you know, find these uh, hostages and get them back home, and the battle should be fought on the battlefields, not with innocent kids and children. Uh, I could not have said it better. And and Peter, we are so excited to hear what you were doing, and I suspect uh, you guys are going to be slammed uh, for uh, for a very long time uh, with uh, with diners. So we really appreciate you look- taking a few moments to come and hang with us. We're looking forward to the business, and we're looking forward to the Israeli fly- the Israeli flags flying high. And like I said in other newspapers, the hostage posters will stay up there regardless of who complains about them until they're all returned safe home to their families. Well said. Well, Peter, we're going to let you get back to it. I know you're a busy man. God bless you, sir. And uh, thank you for for doing a a great thing for the good people of Israel and uh, for your community. And my friend, thank you for the interest. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. All right, there you go. Uh, and by the way, you can actually watch that interview on our website, social media feeds uh, over at ToddSterns.com. But the idea that DoorDash and Muslim DoorDash drivers are not going to deliver food, here's here would be my concern, is that you would have some of these Middle Eastern dudes, um, and maybe they find out you are a Jewish customer, they spit in your food, they do something to your food. I mean, this is some scary stuff here. And just in the past 24, 48 hours, we have seen we have seen Jews in places like New York City and Los Angeles and even St. Louis that have physically been attacked. I mean, beaten by people wearing a Palestinian garb, uh, wearing the hijabs, wearing, you know, waving the flags. Uh, it is getting dangerous out there. Last night, the New York Times, they they came under attack. Thousands of people outside their building. It's just unbelievable. And then there is a story. And and I, I want to get your take on this. Um, Dave Rubin posted this information on social media just a little while ago. This uh, happened at a at a charter school. And it is it's chilling. It is absolutely chilling. So the charter school, we're talking about first grade here. And the children, the first graders, were told they had to identify whether or not they were they were Jewish. So the Jewish kids were told to identify themselves. Can can you believe something like this is happening in the United States of America? 
Parents Defending Education, we've had them on the show before. They uh, wrote this um, item. Uh, They did a little deep dive. It turned out it happened in the Los Angeles area, the East Valley World Charter Schools. And the teacher there, in addition to outing the Jewish children, promoted teaching, and this was a math cl- this was for math class. Instead of teaching the children one plus one equals eight, instead of doing that, which is what the woke teachers normally do, they're teaching the first graders about genocide in Palestine. The teacher also claimed um, on social media, "quote I did a lesson on the genocide in Palestine today with my first graders." who give me hell 90% of every other day, but we're really into the conversation. Are, are you buying this? You think the kids were really clued into what's happening over in the Middle East? First graders? The teacher said, um, this conversation and a series of activities made me remember why I do this job. Mm-hmm. The teacher goes on to say, then I asked them what they already knew about what's happening, and they knew a lot. I drew a little map of the here we go, occupied territories of Palestine, and they organically started coming up with ideas of what could happen. My favorite was a kid who was like, what if they just give the land back to Palestine and find somewhere else to live? This is happening in American school, on American soil, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm curious, are you seeing the rise of anti-Semitism in your neighborhoods in your towns, in your communities. And what would you do with this teacher who is outing the first-grade Jewish kids? I'm wondering what happened next that we really have no indication. Were the children, were they forced to, I don't know, wear a a yellow star of David? Were they they told to, to sit in another section of the room? This is unbelievable. But this is where we are in Biden's America. All right, 844-747-8868. We are going to the phones. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Starn Show. MyPillow is celebrating its 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold. Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in the history of MyPillow. You're going to get their queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more, you're going to be able to get a king-size pillow. You're going to receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products like bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns. Use the promo code Starns to get this amazing offer of the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 1-800-839-8506. The offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns. Use the promo code Starns or call 800-839-8506, promo code Starns. You know, a lot of people say it was the Nazis who originated this idea of forcing Jews to identify themselves by uh, wearing the uh, the yellow the yellow cloth, uh, the uh, Star of David. And uh, but it's not. I mean, for centuries, for centuries, uh, Muslims uh, have been demanding that the Jews identify themselves and wear some sort of a marker so that people can can see who they are. It's just it's heinous, just absolutely heinous. And to see that sort of Nazi-like behavior 
happening in a in a school in Los Angeles, folks, that that ought to alarm all of us. Because I'm telling you right here and now, the Christians, we're going to be standing alongside the Jews. We will be fighting alongside the Jews on this. All right, let's go to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Ruth in Tulsa, Oklahoma, watching us on our Facebook feed. Hi, uh, Ruth. How you doing? What's going on today? Today, how are you? Well, today's Veterans Day. Yes, it and, is. Um, you know what? I make a big deal of it. Um, did when I was a kid, was raised to do that. But I had five brothers, and three of them served. And my favorite brother came home in a flag. And I'll tell you, I never look at my flag the same. <clears throat> when I was a little girl, I learned taps at Girl Scouts after my brother. I mean, I can't listen to that song without crying. And um, what bothers me, Todd, is that America has forgotten to teach their children about what it costs to build this country. It did come free, and it didn't come cheap. And um, <clears throat> I see the way that people are raising their children to be consumers, users, abusers, whatever, you know, coddle them. And, and it bothers me. It really bothers me because a million plus men and women have died in battle. Now, that's a million plus families. Ruth, I and want you to tell me about your brother. Where, where did he serve? He was a fighter pilot. Um, he, he flew the F-4 in Vietnam. And uh, he was 25. He went to high school and earned uh, eight letters in a three-year high school. Wow. And he went, he went to Brown on a full academic scholarship. I was raised in a family of nine kids, and we were taught to work hard. I've been working since I was 10. Um, you know, do your best. Don't look to people. Look to yourself what you can do to create a good life. And Todd, of those three brothers, my oldest brother uh, left home at 19 after a dispute with my dad and um, over cur- curfew. <clears throat> and I, I, he, my father threw him out of the house. It was January in Massachusetts. Bitter cold, no jacket, no nothing. And I, years later, because the Irish don't talk with each other, you know, <laughs> they write, they sing, but they don't talk. And I found out what the dispute was about. He had missed his curfew. Anyway, I said, George, where did you go? He said, well, I went to the Marines, but the Marines will only take you as a group. I said, then what did you do? He said, well, I went to the Air Force. They gave him a test. They signed him up right that day. They sent him to Syracuse. He learned Russian in an immersion program in 12 weeks. As a 19-year-old kid, they sent him to the Berlin Wall to translate conversations by phone from the east to the west. Then he went on to go to college Monday through Friday. He went 8 to 5 to work in the Library of Congress, went to Mass every day, and at night he went to college 6 to 10. He graduated second in his class. Now, here was a guy, they told my mother he wasn't very bright, put him in business. He learned eight languages helped open China trade under Richard Nixon. Now, Ruth, we're, we're coming up on a break here, so I, I want to know your I want to know your brother's name so that our entire audience can honor uh, the, the sacrifice he made. Tell, tell us your brother's name. Well, that was George, but the brother who died was my brother Francis. And uh, Francis Murtaugh Driscoll, Lieutenant Francis Murtaugh Driscoll. Wow. And, well, uh, well, Ruth, we honor your family and uh, the great sacrifices, and we thank you. We thank your family for serving. 
uh, we're able to do what we're doing today because of that sacrifice. And so God bless you, Ruth. Uh, We've got to take a break here, folks. And Ruth told such a poignant, beautiful story. And I have to imagine there are so many others out there. And as we celebrate the as we celebrate the the men and the women who have worn the uniform of this country give us a call 844-747-8868 that's 844-747-8868 this is the Todd Stern show hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Show as we celebrate our nation's great veterans and, of course, our next caller from Union Grove, North Carolina, listening to us on WSIC. His name is Jim, and he knows he knows that hymn that we just played. Hi, Jim. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Jim, I'm doing great, and uh, you just heard the Marine Corps hymn, and, of course, today is a very important day for the United States Marine Corps. Damn right. I want you to tell our listeners what's going on. We've got some birthday candles to blow out. Uh, 248. Yes, sir. Um, and wow, what a storied history of the, of the Marines. And you know everything's going to be okay, Jim. And the, things are going to hell in a handbasket, but when the Marines show up, you better believe everything's going to be okay. You know, my buddy wants me to go to uh, Bella Woods over in France, and that's where the Marines fought the uh, fought the Germans, and that's where they get the name Devil Dogs. Jim, did you serve in the military? In the Marine Corps. Wow. Jim, thank you for that. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Your kid, you're signing up to, to join the Marines. Did Was it what you thought it was going to be? Oh, yeah. You talk about going from a kid to a man. Uh, Twelve weeks. Man, it's like night and day. When somebody's looking you in the eyes and he says, don't look at me because you're eye-effing me. And then you get punched in the gut. And uh, a lot of funny stories, but a lot of a lot of discipline. So. Uh, a lot of you know what, Jim. Uh, a lot of things that that today's young people are missing out on, and, and I think I think the Marine Corps. 
could straighten a lot of these kids out. Oh, heaven yes. Heaven yes. You know, these guys are a bunch of wimps now. You know, nobody wants to stand up for anything. And and this this teacher that wanted to identify Jewish students that uh, uh, are, are, are protesting in the streets for Palestine, they should go out, too. And so she tells uh, Jordash drivers, man, I'll, I'll buy five tickets. I, you know what? I, I'll throw in with you on that, Jim. Any of any of these people, Rashida Talib, these uh, these Muslim uh, these Muslim Jew haters in Congress, I'll buy them all tickets. Not first class tickets. They're going to be a riding coach. But you know what? Delta's ready when you are. That's what I've got to say, Jim. God bless you, sir. Thank you for serving our great nation, and uh, you're a great American patriot. And uh, you give us a call back. Union Grove, North Carolina. Blessed to have you there. Um, all right, let's go to Charles. Uh, hey, Charles, what's on your mind today? Hey, Todd. Well, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. You know, we've been fighting the, uh, the shores of Tripoli with the uh, Barbary Pirates 200 years ago, and uh, we've been, been fighting radical Muslims since then, and unfortunately now the shores of Tripoli have come to uh, our shore, you know what I mean? But, um, Todd, I just cannot believe what's going on in this country with this uh, anti-Semitism and pro-Hamas. I mean, I think what we're, we're seeing is we're reaping what we've sown in our public schools and teaching kids to hate their, their culture, hate Western civilization. Uh, and it's all coming to fruition right now because um, this alignment that we see with radicalism and these cultural Marxists, it's all designed to destroy Western civilization, and there's three pillars of that. You've got Greek philosophy, you have Roman law, and then you have Judeo-Christianity that came out of Jerusalem. And, you know, the Muslims have been trying to destroy uh, the Israelis for a long time, and these cultural Marxists, this is their opportunity to try to destroy us. And I don't know how we get a handle on this. I think we start by defunding the schools. Um, that are promoting this stuff. But uh, I, I remember seeing a, going to a concentration camp, Todd, back in 2001 in Dachau and just seeing the, you know, the artifacts and just all the, the crematoriums. And I just never thought that I would see that level of anti-Semitism here in the United States. I, I'm with you, Charles. And it was uh, I was giving a speech last night, and I'll talk more about that later. But I, I shared the exact same words you just shared, the, the level of hatred. And I think, again, it, it's one of those moments where, uh, where parents, one of the eye-opening moments, like when parents figured out what was really happening in the public schools during the China virus pandemic. And, and it really caused a lot of folks to rise up and say, hey, wait a second. Yeah, we, we, we don't want that happening in our schools. Well, it turns out there's a whole lot more going on, and and you're right. I think we've we've got to look at defunding. We've got to take a long, hard look at making sure we are involved and engaged. We told you guys yesterday, Washington State, about the school there, and they said we're canceling we're canceling Veterans Day. We're not going to be having Veterans Day anymore at Benjamin Rush Elementary School. Instead, we're going to we're going to do something that is sponsored by the United Nations. A, a day of peace. So they're having a peace assembly today at that school instead of honoring our great veterans. This is unacceptable. 
And again, it's very simple. We just have to demand action from our lawmakers to defund these folks. I mean, it really is that simple. Hey, Charles, appreciate that call. I've got to tell you guys the story about my um, the devil dogs, the Marines. So our family is predominantly a an Air Force family. And uh, my dad in the Air Force, uh, my grandfather um, was, uh, well, he was, uh, he flew glider planes during World War II. Um, I'm, I don't believe they call I believe it was the Army, um, the Army Air Force at that time. And um, my grandmother had six brothers, the Bolin boys, and all of them fought in the war. And my uncle Chico was, uh, and we called him Chico because he loved to wear Hawaiian shirts. And uh, the Starnes family and the Bolin family, B-O-L-I-N, all came from the South Carolina area. Travelers Rest, that is our family, um, that's our family homestead. And we do our big family reunions out in Traveler's Rest right right outside of Greenville. Beautiful little town. So anyway, my Uncle Chico, was um, he signed up. He was in the Marines and landed on Iwo Jima, got shot up, and uh, he survived. Uh, went on to play basketball at Furman University. And a couple of the, um, actually a couple of the buildings on campus are named after uh, some of my relatives. And um, he went on and had a great career, and uh, then he went into teaching. And he ended up at Traveler's Rest High School. And at the time, uh, they didn't have a football program, and they wanted a football program. So they called my Uncle Chico. His name is Dean Bolin. And they said, Chico, um, we want you to start a football program. And Uncle Chico, was he was, he was an old-school, smash-mouth sort of a football guy. And he said, look, here's the deal. I will only agree to start a football program if you allow me to run that football program like the Marine Corps. And they said, go for it. And so that's what he did. And um, he started the football program. He became the winningest coach, high school football coach in South Carolina. And they named the football stadium after um, after Uncle Chico. And so he's sort of like the celebrity in the in the family. And more importantly, he named the football team. And to this day, the Travelers Rest High School football team, they're known as the Devil Dogs. And when he passed away, he passed away a couple of years ago. And Uncle Chico was also a a deacon down at the First Baptist Church. But um, when he passed away, there must have been 2,000 people that showed up at that church for the funeral. And most of them were former football players, grown men, who basically Uncle Chico served as a surrogate father. And so again, going back to the importance, and you heard one of our one of our callers talking about the importance of the Marines turning young boys into men. And that's what a lot of these football programs and why these football programs are so important on our high school campuses and middle school campuses. It gives these young boys an outlet and it gives them an opportunity to be a part of something bigger than themselves. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. We got a lot of politics to talk about too, but I wanted to open up the phone lines today on this open line Friday and and talk about the greatness of our veterans and what they're doing in this great country. We honor all of you today on this program. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern show. folks hey uh, don't forget head over to toddsterns.com man do we have a great little store for you and a really fun little christmas uh, gifts 
Uh, if you want to get some uh, great coffee mugs or ball caps, we have a um, a great selection of uh, I'm Politically Incorrect t-shirts uh, that you're going to love. And also, all of my books are there, and I will personally autograph them and inscribe them for you. All you have to do is go to ToddSterns.com, and a lot of them just make really fun Christmas presents. All right, let's go to the phones here. Jerry in Memphis, Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Jerry. What's on your mind? Hello, Todd. Hello, Jerry. Nice to talk to you. Yes, can you hear me? You're coming in loud and clear. Let's get to it, Jerry. Yes, sir. I just want to call in and tell you how much I love the United States of America. And every time I see that flag flying, it just does something to me. And y'all talked about it, uh, buying five tickets to those people that don't like this country. Well, I'll buy five more and plus to get them on out of here, let them go to Red China and see what kind of life they can live over there. Another thing I'd like to say, Todd, is these uh, goofballs running up and down the court up on the field making millions of dollars in this country. The United States of America wants to burn the flag and turn their back on the United States of America. They're not no heroes, uh, uh, Todd. The heroes are the one come home in the body bag and the legs chopped off at fault for that freedom in this country. And I love this country, and I'm not ashamed to stand up and say that I love this country. And I love to, and I'm going to vote for Donald, Donald J. Trump. And I'm not ashamed of that either, sir. Jerry, we need we need more people like you here in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, you're, you sound like good people, sir. And I'm with you. And by the way, what a generous audience we have. I mean, so far, just between three calls, Jerry, we've been able to we've been able to cover 15 airline tickets for Palestinian sympathizers. Yes, I'll buy five more. I'll, I'll buy ten. I'll try to go. If I have to borrow the money, I'll wow. buy ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jerry. Well, look, God bless you, sir, and uh, thank you for listening. Hey, Jerry, let me ask you a question. Do you have a copy of my book, Culture Jihad? Uh, no, sir, I do not. Well, why don't, well, you're, you're about to, so we're going to put you on hold, Jerry. And I want to, if it's okay, I'd like to send you a free copy of that book. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. And I had something else to say that quick, but it slipped my mind. It just, it's, uh, <laughs> well, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of folks running this country down and they know they got freedom to live in this country and they got it so made so well. They, you couldn't dare get them to go to Russia or China to want to live. So well I'm said. Just, I'm just. Jerry, you hang tight, and uh, we're going to get uh, we're going to get your info. And uh, God, bless. you know, sometimes things slip my mind too. So yesterday, I was invited to to speak at the Tipton County Republican Party's Reagan Day dinner uh, in beautiful Munford, Tennessee, and it's a good little drive up there from Memphis. But that's God's country. Got to drive by the uh, the, the the Navy base there, the Naval Air Station over at uh, in Millington. And uh, got to meet a lot of great patriots, and what a great, what a great crowd! I will say this: um, aside from the incredible meal and the sweet tea, which was probably the best sweet tea I've had, I took a swig of that, and I tell you what, they needed a crowbar to pry my my lips. I'm telling you, my cheeks puckered, everything puckered. It was that sweet, but such good, good people. And these are these are the rank and file conservatives, big Trump supporters in Tipton County, and had nearly two hundred people come out on a rainy, rainy Thursday night. But I left there encouraged. Uh, Scott Golden, who is the chairman of the Tennessee Republican Party, and he's also on the debate committee for the for the RNC, 
great guy. And this guy, he travels. He's in every single county. He's driving to these events, taking part. And I, I just love the messaging uh, because, like we talked about on this program the day after the uh, the Tuesday election, the media was saying, oh, this is doom and gloom. And it's really not because the Republicans actually did very well in those elections. So anyway, it was just exciting to see these great people, Tipton County, and they get it. They understand that the school boards are very important. They actually have partisan school board races. So they've got some really rock-solid conservative Republicans running for school board, and they are making a difference. And I'm excited about that. And I think everybody left there last night. We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughter, and we all left encouraged to get out there and do our part. And that's what it's going to take. We've got to get out there, and we've got to do our part. So thank you, uh, Tipton County, Tennessee. You know, one of the things, I, I lo- it doesn't matter if it's a small group or a medium-sized group or a large group. We go where we are invited, and we always have a good time. But that's sweet tea. Whew, boy, I could feel my heart valve doing a few extra rotations. All right, let's go to Frank in beautiful Flowery Branch, Georgia, listening to us on WDUN. Hi, Frank. What's on your mind? Good afternoon, Todd. How you doing? I'm well. Thank you for asking, Frank. So uh, I'm a vet, served from 68 to 74, and this morning at my local elementary school down the street, uh, it's called Spout Springs Elementary School, they had a breakfast for vets this morning in the cafeteria, catered. The fourth and fifth grade uh, chorus sang patriotic songs to us. And then all the vets walked through the schools, uh, lined by kids waving flags and screaming USA, and not one mention of the United Nations. It was really wonderful. Frank, I have to imagine as a veteran, that really did something to your heart. I can't even describe it, Todd. I, in all these years since I served, I've never... Uh, felt so, um, I, I can't even put a word to it, Todd. It just really, really was unbelievable. And I was invited by uh, a fifth grader, uh, my neighbor's daughter, and uh, her dad is not a vet, so she came over and asked me. And uh, I can't say enough about Spout Springs Elementary. Super patriotic school. A great bunch of kids. Now that's exciting, and I. It sounds like they're they're doing things the way they ought to be done there at that beautiful elementary school. And uh, Frank, we appreciate you calling in. Thank you for serving our great nation. And I hope, by the way, I hope they had a good breakfast for you too. Outstanding. What it was not your typical school breakfast. <laughs> it was outstanding. <laughs> I I love it. All right, Frank. Well, God bless you, and thank you for sharing that. Wow, what a way to end this first hour. Uh, Frank calling in from Georgia and saying, hey, look, we got a grade school down here and they're doing it right. And and I, folks, I got the little, we call them Jesus bumps in the Baptist faith tradition, but I got the little goosebumps going as I was listening to Frank, you know, sharing that, that beautiful moment there. All right, folks, we've got a lot coming up. Senator Ted Cruz is going to be dropping by in just a little while. Also, uh, Congressman Eric Burleson is going to be here. Kat Kamick is going to be on our Newsmax TV show a little bit later on, and our good buddy Franklin Graham is going to drop by. He just got back in from Italy, where they held a series of revival meetings. Tens of thousands of people 
coming out in Rome to hear the gospel. Uh, that's a pretty awesome story. All right, 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. This is Open Line Friday. We'll be right back, America. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. All right. Hello, America. Happy Veterans Day. We're celebrating our veterans today on the program. We've had some great calls Uh, coming up. We're going to be getting to your um, to your messages. So hang tight if you're on hold. Um, our telephone number is 844-747-8868. And uh, we've got a lot happening. Don't forget, a little bit later on today, uh, the Newsmax TV show. This is uh, week number one, our inaugural week. And uh, Congresswoman Kat Kamick will be our special guest later today on Newsmax. But right now, very excited to welcome a good friend of this program, Great American Patriot, and uh, the guy has written a new book called Unwoke, and we're going to be talking about that in just a few moments. Our good friend, Senator Ted Cruz. Senator, hope you're doing well today. Todd, I'm doing terrific. Great to be with you. And by the way, I hope I hope you're treating Ben Ferguson right. You know, he's a lot to handle. Uh, I've known Ben for years. <laughs> well, he is a dear friend, and he and I, three days a week, do our podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz. In fact, we got a brand new one up. Uh, this morning that just came out, and, and it's, I'll tell you, it keeps growing. We're at just under a million unique listeners a month. Uh, we're beating CNN every single week because I think people are fed up with the corrupt corporate media, and they're desperate uh, to get the truth and understand what's really going on. Speaking of the corrupt media, uh, Senator Tom Cotton uh, sent letters to the Attorney General uh, demanding answers on these journalists uh, that were apparently embedded with Hamas, and we're talking about CNN, the Associated Press, uh, Reuters, and, and the New York Times. I want to get your reaction. I mean, this is pretty sh- the shocking allegations. They may have known in advance what was going to happen in Israel. It is it is absolutely stunning. We've, we've got pictures of these photographers with Hamas terrorists. We've got pictures of one holding a hand grenade. It's not clear the extent to which they, they may have participated or the extent to which they had prior knowledge and did nothing and just sat there uh, watching civilians be targeted, watching women and children be raped, watching infants be slaughtered. But it, but it is horrific, and it is also revealing of, of where the corporate media is, is that they are not neutral bystanders in, in, this, in this war. They are rooting for the terrorists. They are rooting for Hamas. And, and look, I, I did a podcast several weeks ago that was entitled CNN is Hamas's Air Force. So is MSNBC. So is ABC, because they deliberately part of Hamas's strategy is counting on the, the useful idiots of the global media to amplify their lives. You know, it's interesting you, you mentioned that the idiot part of it. And, and a lot of this is is intentional ignorance. I mean, there was a time when you had journalists who were seasoned, uh, they were students of history um, that were working at the White House so that they could provide coverage based in historical context or political context. And now a lot of these news organizations have kids right out of college, and Lord love them, they don't know anything. 
And it's I think this is a big, big problem, the fourth estate in America. Well, Todd, that is a, a, a major theme and a major focus of my new book. As you mentioned, the book is Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. It came out this week. It's brand new. And what the book does is it focuses on how the radical left has seized virtually every major institution in the United States. And chapter one starts with universities. I call universities the Wuhan lab of the woke virus. It's where the virus was invented. It's where it mutated. It's where it spread. From there, it goes to K through 12 education. And then from there to journalism. And I do a deep dive on on the corruption of today's corporate journalism. From there, it goes to government. From there, it goes to big business. From there, it goes to big tech. From there, it goes to entertainment, to Hollywood, movies, TV, uh, uh, music, sports. And, and from there, it goes to science, the corruption and politicization of science. And the final chapter in the book is on China, and it explains how China is a central nexus intertwined with all of it. Senator, how do we... How do we start the process? You, you, and I love I love the title of the book because this is not a okay. We've got a problem. You're, you're offering solutions. So, what is the first step that Americans need to take to stop this? Well, look, that's exactly right. This this book is a clear battle plan of practical steps we can take to turn it around. And and, and there are a whole variety. So, every chapter I have steps to take that particular institution back. One unifying theme among all of them is sunshine and transparency. It's important to remember the ideas of the radical left are wildly unpopular. Rational, normal people don't support abolishing the police. Rational, normal people don't support open borders and the chaos at our southern border. Rational, normal people don't think it's a good idea to surgically sterilize and castrate little children. Rational, normal people don't cheer for Hamas terrorists. And and so the left's ideas are wildly, wildly unpopular. It's why they rely on power and force and coercion. And it's why they rely on indoctrination. It's why they focus on education, on K through 12 education and universities and, and, and journalism and entertainment, because it's all about brainwashing and indoctrination. So, for example, let's take K through 12 education. We're seeing victories all across the country of parents who, who are realizing the garbage that is being taught to their kids and they're getting engaged and they're getting active and they're taking school boards back. We saw, I talk in the book about Loudoun County in Virginia where a teenage girl was sexually assaulted by a boy wearing a skirt in the girl's bathroom. And the school district, its politics were more important than protecting that little girl. They denied it happened. They covered it up. In fact, they had the father of the victim arrested. For, for, for pointing out that his daughter had been assaulted at school. Well, at the end of the day, moms in Virginia got so furious that they flipped Virginia from a state that in 2020 voted for Joe Biden by 10 points to one year later, they flipped it to a red state and elected Glenn Youngkin. That's an example where when we shine a light and get people mobilized, we can take them back. Just this last election day, we saw significant victories in school boards the Cy Fair School District in Houston. I endorsed four candidates who were running, running for that school board. We ended up winning, winning three of those four races and flipping that school board to now a 6-1 conservative majority. 
when parents are informed and educated, we can start taking these institutions back. I I, I think you're absolutely right, and, and for me, that was the the brightest spot in the 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 China virus, the pandemic, is that moms and dads, you know, they they woke up and they realized, holy cow. You know, this is happening in our taxpayer-funded schools, and now we're starting to see it with yep. the billion-dollar donors at these Ivy League schools, uh, and they're starting to pull their funding over the anti-Semitism, which is being, I think, bur- being birthed and incubated in these public universities. You are absolutely right, Todd, and that's one of the things this book, Unwoke, explains. You know, Marxism uh, was birthed by Karl Marx when he wrote the Communist Manifesto. And in it, he laid out a worldview that society is inevitable conflict, and it is conflict between oppressors and victims. And and Marx saw things on a socioeconomic spectrum. And so for him, the oppressors were the owners of capital, and the victims were the proletariat, the working men. And his solution that he advocated was the violent revolution of the proletariat to forcibly overthrow their oppressors, and to use government power to forcibly redistribute the wealth from the oppressors to the victims. Now, I describe in the book Unwoke how in the 1960s and the 1970s, Marxists began infiltrating universities in the U.S., particularly our elite institutions, and they began becoming faculty members and administrators. And there, Marxism mutated. It became one of the first things it became was critical race theory. It uses the same Marxist frame of oppressor versus victim, but rather than being socioeconomic, it divides it based on on race. And it posits an inevitable racial conflict, and its solution is the same, violent revolution and forcible redistribution. From there, it transmogrified to be based on gender, to be based on sexual orientation, to be based on gender identity. And, you know, Todd, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a very successful tech entrepreneur from Silicon Valley, and, and, and he's a man of the left. He, he's been a Democrat his whole life. And he expressed bewilderment at all of the anti-Semitism we're seeing at the, on the left, the vicious anti-Semitism in the squad in the House, these horrifically anti-Israel violent protests on college campuses across the country. And he asked, he said, I don't understand where did this come from. And I explained, look, to today's extreme left, they have coded Jews as oppressors, and they have coded Palestinians as victims. And accordingly, the cultural Marxists, what they support is the violent revolution of the victims to overthrow the oppressors, and it's why you see cultural Marxists across the country celebrating the Hamas terrorists. It's why you saw 35 student groups at Harvard, my alma mater, put out a ridiculous, bigoted, ignorant statement saying that every bit of the violence carried out by Hamas terrorists, every murder, every rape, every slaughter of children was 100% the fault of Israel because the cultural Marxists, that's the outcome they celebrate. Senator, when when you look at where we are in the country right now, and I, I think that the protest marches uh, are very concerning to me because you have a lot of people marching and they're yeah. clueless. They have no idea why they're marching. They're just being told to. And I think this goes back to and I'm I you know to this dumbing down of our education system where you have a lot of stupid people in this country now. Um, and I don't mean to be to be rude, but I think that's where we're at. 
what what concerns you? Because I mean, when you, your family came from Cuba to escape communism, I mean, I'm wondering, are we going to be able to control these crowds? That's what concerns me. Todd, it is a very good question, and I have to say, the dumbing down of our education is not an accident. It was deliberate, and it was by design. The the, the very opening of my book on woke, I, I tell my family story, as you, as you noted. Uh, my father was born and grew up in Cuba, and, and he fought in, in the Cuban Revolution. He actually fought alongside Fidel Castro. Uh, and he was 14 when he started fighting. And, and my dad today says to me, he says, look, that's who the revolution was. It was a bunch of 14- and 15-year-old boys who didn't know any better. And, and if you look across the globe, Marxists always, always, always start with the children. Communist revolutions across the globe, whether the Soviet Union or China or Venezuela or North Korea or Cuba, they always start with teenagers because they're young, they're impassioned, they're idealistic, and they don't have life experience. They don't have wisdom, so they're easily deceived. And, and my father in Cuba, he ended up being imprisoned. He was tortured. Ultimately, he fled to America seeking freedom. But, Todd, I also tell a story that my grandmother, my abuela, told me, uh, about what happened when Fidel Castro succeeded and the revolution succeeded. My abuela was a sixth grade teacher, and she described how almost immediately after the revolution happened, Castro sent his army into the elementary schools, and the soldiers would go into kindergartens and first grade classrooms, and they would tell all the children, they'd say, close your eyes, close your eyes and pray to Jesus and ask for candy. And the kids would do so, and there'd be no candy. And then they would tell the kids, they'd say, close your eyes and pray to Fidel Castro for candy. And the kids would do so. And very quietly, the soldiers would put a piece of candy on each of their desks. That's what Marxism is. Wow. Wow. That's what we're fighting here today. Folks, uh, the book is called Unwoke, How to Defeat the Cultural Marxism in America. And those of you watching us on our video streams, uh, holding a copy of the book now, you got to get a copy. We have a direct link at our website, toddsterns.com. Senator, I know you're very busy today, and we appreciate uh, this. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, and congratulations for this great and important book. Well, Todd, thank you very much. And I want to say to all your listeners, all your viewers, Please go buy the book. It's at every bookstore in America. You can buy it online at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at Books A Million. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, Christmas time is coming up. It makes a fantastic Christmas gift. Buy a copy for your mom. Buy a copy for your best friend. Or even better, buy a copy for your kids. Because your kids need to know the garbage that, that is coming at them. And, and I'll tell you, the book, it's fun. It's readable. It's not an abstract academic treatise. It is filled with real-world stories that will educate you and inform you, and you'll enjoy reading it. And i got to tell you, it's an, it's an Amazon bestseller, which has the New York Times absolutely ticked off. That's, and that's, a, that's always a good thing. All right, Senator, we've got a skedaddle here. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, Senator Ted Cruz, the book Unwoke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. Get a copy right now. We'll be right back. Someone's saying, uh, Todd, where can I hear that Ted Cruz interview again? And that was a terrific interview. Uh, if you want to hear Ted, all you got to do is go over to our website and download our free podcast and subscribe to it. 
and uh, you can get it on whatever platform you you, you listen to your um, your podcast. Uh, but uh, that's where uh, that's where you can find that. Toddsterns.com. All right, let's go to the phone lines here. 844-747-8868. Brian in North Carolina listening to us on WSIC. Now, Brian, I understand you have some interesting news to share with us. What's going on? Yeah, good afternoon, Todd. Thank you for taking my call. Um, so my son is part of the NJROTC uh, in Mooresville, and they were scheduled to present the colors at the Charlotte Hornets-Washington Wizards game uh, when they decided to actually leave the arena because they were told that they were not allowed to use their ceremonial rifles. When did this happen, Brian? Uh, this past Wednesday night. So, so the boys were invited, or the uh, the NJROTC, uh, and those are the young. How what what ages are we talking about here, Brian? So you're talking uh, freshmen to seniors in high school, both both uh, boys and girls. Okay, and and so the, the they were invited to 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 present the colors at the NBA basketball game. Correct. So when they showed up, what did they bring? Their ceremonial the the ceremonial rifles. They did. They actually got them through security because they are non-working uh, rifles. They're they're basically props. Um, and then they were in their waiting room, uh, and then they were told that they were not allowed to use them. Who told uh, them? So do we went, know who told them? I do not know who told them. I was actually on the phone with my son because we were on the way down there because we wanted to support him and then, you know, and the other kids that were doing it. So we had bought tickets to go see, you know, not necessarily to see the NBA game, but to, to see these kids on, you know, what was supposed to be a, you know, a, an honor and, you know, representing uh, America for them. Now, um, Brian, let me, let me stop you for a second. We are, we are going to be forced to take a break. Can you hang on? Because I want to hear the rest of this story. Uh, do you have a few minutes just to hang on? Absolutely. All right. So, Brian, don't go anywhere. Uh, let's put Brian back on hold. Uh, this is shocking, but the NBA at the Charlotte Hornets game, you had these these great young people out there ready to present the colors, and they were told they could not use their prop rifles. All right. We're going to talk to Brian. 844-747-8868 is our number. Hang tight, everybody. We'll be right back. This is breaking news on the Todd Starden Show. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Now, let me uh, bring Brian back into the conversation. Brian is a dad there in North Carolina listening to us on WSIC. And, uh, Brian, your your son, what school was – what what high school was this? Uh, Mooresville High School. Mooresville High School. And so uh, the, the, uh, the NJROTC invited to uh, present the colors at the Charlotte Hornets. Is, is that the Hornets? The Charlotte uh, Hornets is – that the no. basketball team. All right, very good. So at the NBA game, and so uh, then, so let's pick up the conversation. So you said they were they went through security, everything was fine, and then what happened? Uh, so then they were told that they were not allowed to use their weapons, as as that is what was what was said. That's what they were called, 
being called. They were being called weapons uh, during the ceremony and that they had to actually leave the building and take them to their car. What? And take them out of the building. Yes. And we're talking about teenagers here. Yes, sir. All right. So what happened at that point? Uh, So at that point, um, the uh, instructor uh, who is, uh, you know, retired military, he uh, he gave kids choice whether to do it without the ceremonial rifles, which kind of is like an insult to the whole procedure or to leave. And they decided to leave. Is that right? So they decided, you know what? It's not worth it. We don't want to go out there. If we're not going to be able to go out there the way we're supposed to uh, and, and honor the colors, we're, we're gone. Correct. Well, so, so the parents, so you, you guys are in the stands. How did you guys figure out what happened? Well, we, we never, I was on the phone with my son, so we never made it down. We never made it actually into uh, the arena. Because when he told us that they were going to leave, I said, okay, well, we're not going to that game. I'll never root for the Wizards again. Wow. This is insane. So, I mean, I mean the Hornets. I apologize. The Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets. So have have you guys been able to get any clarification of what happened? I mean, again, the, the kids made it through security. They were there. These were not real. These were prop rifles. Is that correct? Correct. So did you guys get any explanation, any clar- clarification? Uh, as of yet, we have not. Um, and as a matter of fact, it's not the first time that the school has presented the colors at one of the games. Uh, I think three years ago or four years ago, they presented colors. We have pictures presenting the colors with the prop rifles. Okay. So here's Brian, here's what I, before we wrap things up here, um, before don't hang up because I, I want to make sure we get your your last name, but also I want to see those photographs uh, so that we can take a look. We're going to reach out to the Charlotte Hornets and we're going to find out what the heck is going on here, Brian. As a dad and, and as a patriot, I mean, what's your reaction to what the Hornets did here? So it's kind of appalling. Um, y- you know, it's bad enough that they're the NBA is probably one of the uh, only major sports that do not televise the national anthem. Um, you know, and I just watched the, the Chicago Bears uh, uh, Carolina Panthers game last night, and of course uh, they were presenting colors, and of course they had their their rifles with them. Um, so you know, I, I'm just sad for the kids, but I'm actually really really proud of them as well because they did not want to compromise the tradition of presenting the colors and uh, actually more proud of, of the kids than anything. I, I'm with you, and uh, it sounds like these kids were all raised right. It could have been, it w- would have been one thing for them to go out there and, you know, with all the lights and the crowd and the celebrity status, the NBA, but they did what they knew to be right, and, and we should honor that here. Uh, Brian, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get all your information here, and we're gonna try to do something. How many kids are a part of the uh, the, the the ROTC program? So for the whole program, there are over a hundred children, um, ages you know from uh, freshmen all the way to seniors. 
again, boys and girls, they do a great job. They'll be marching tomorrow in the Veterans Day Parade. Um, for the Color Guard specifically, there are uh, four of them that would have presented that that evening. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna reach out to the program and we're gonna see what we can't do to to honor these uh, these young people. And uh, Brian, we're gonna put you on hold, so we're gonna get all of your contact information, and then we want you to send us these uh, photographs. Brian, appreciate you sharing this information. And, and folks, this is just unbelievable. By the way, we're talking about the NBA. I can assure you that most of the players in the locker rooms are packing heat, and they've got real guns, not the prop rifles that the uh, the JROTC kids were using. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts here about these uh, young people. This is breaking news. The uh, the junior ROTC, the kids were told you can't bring your ceremonial prop rifles out for the presentation of colors. And the kids said, you know what, we can't violate, we can't dishonor tradition. So they said, we're just going to have to leave. Do you think the kids did the right thing here? 844-747-8868 is our number. That's 844-747-8868. My goodness, shame on you, Charlotte Hornets. Shame on you. And good for these kids at Mooresville High School. What a great bunch of patriots uh, we've got there. All right, we're going to take a break. Again, 844-747-8868. It is open line Friday. We've got Mark in the Villages, Don in Iowa. We'll be right back, America. Coming up, the next hour of the radio show, by the way, will be simulcast by our friends at Newsmax Television. Also, at 3 o'clock Eastern, you'll be able to watch the all-new Todd Starn show. Kat Kamek is going to be our special guest, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get back to the phone lines here. James in North Carolina wants to weigh in on this color guard issue. Um, All right, what you got for us, James? All right, this is literally ridiculous that the Hornets would do this to a high school ROTC. They're just trying to show their patriotism. And I don't know if you've ever actually seen a color guard rifle. It's basically a painted piece of wood exactly. in, the shape of a, in the shape of a rifle. It's exactly. And normally they're white. or so, I mean, it's very clear yeah. it is not an actual weapon. Right. And these kids are just trying to show their patriotism. And it's just ridiculous that this woke liberal organization would do this to an ROTC high school color guard. It's pretty sickening. And, uh, James, during the break, I was on the phone trying to reach out to the Charlotte Hornets. So we'll, we're going to let you know uh, when they get back to us. But we, we, we want an explanation for this. Yes, yes, please. All right, and we're going to try to do something nice for the uh, JROTC. Maybe we'll do like pizza or something. We're going to t- we're going to take care of them and, and, and honor these kids. And uh, I didn't realize there were a hundred of them, but that'll be a lot of pizzas. But we're going to take care of them, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna let these kids know they're they're um, they've got supporters out there. You know, thank you, and I enjoy your radio show. Hey, James, appreciate that, and thank you for listening to us. And uh, we love all of our North Carolina listeners. You guys are, are great folks. All right, let's go to the Villages, America's friendliest hometown. Mark hanging out with us. Hey, Mark, what you got for us? Hey, Todd, I'll speak quick as I can. I'm just getting over influenza. Um, well, hold on. Let me get a wet wipe out here, so I don't want to get sick now. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's worse than COVID. It, I didn't, it's the flu, and I don't like it. Oh, no, um, no, no. Whew. 
I wanted to reflect on Haley and Ramasamy that you talked about through the course of the week. You know, Ramasamy does have a point, especially when her daughter was on TikTok. Sometimes your family never seems to have the same values as you may have. Just look at Biden and his group of angels. And, and, and lastly, I wanted to touch bases on DeSantis. As far as DeSantis is concerned, he's a good governor who, by the way, helped a lot to get Trump into the position that he was in. So instead of working with Trump and possibly being a VP, DeSantis and his um, confused staff decided to, hey, let's run for the presidency with no ground game in the future. And the numbers have proven that. If, see, DeSantis underestimated the amount of support Trump had here in Florida. Now, with that being said, if Trump had run for presidency, the presidency, that would have been a different story. So instead of working with Trump, DeSantis and his brilliant staff decided to run against him. A grossly underestimated decision here in Florida. See, Todd, the conclusion, DeSantis got too cocky for his britches, or should I say his boots. Well, <laughs> look, it turned out to be big, bigger boots to fill than he thought, Mark. Um I, I'm con, I'm concerned about DeSantis's future. I, I'm wondering does this does this hurt him and his and whatever efforts he may have in 2028? I, I mean, I say the same thing. I just think that he made a bad decision by listening to whoever he was t- listening to to do this because it would have been good for him and Trump, but instead he's gone in the total opposite direction. And he, he under, again, he underestimated these supporters. And I talk to people every day here in the villages. They liked, they liked Trump. They liked DeSantis, but he, he got a little too cocky thinking he had control of Florida and he doesn't have control of Florida. Trump has control of Florida and Trump got him into the position that he was in. And he's just made a big mistake, I think. How it's going to hurt his future, I don't know. But it's just too bad he went in that direction. Yeah. Uh, Mark, appreciate that call. Hope you get to feeling better. What are you doing? Are you taking anything? Are you, you got the apple brandy? That always seems to work. Well, I tried that in the beginning, but it was it just seemed to bring me down more. When you get influenza A, it's worse. For me, it was worse than COVID ever was. And I've never I've never had the flu. And I always take care of myself, but to get this is just, it's bad. And it, it and there's nothing you can really do but maybe take a Tamiflu for it. But it, it will take you out. You, you'll feel like you're dying. It's that bad. Mark, stay away from Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be Don't running for more than that. the border. Yeah, that that oh. won't be good. Oh, I'm running to the border even without the Taco Bell I was. Oh, geez, Lou. All right, Mark, we're going to let you get back to it. <laughs> good. Be good. Be well. Uh, let's go to Don in Iowa. Hi, Don. What's going on? Well, I guess I've got something here that uh, showed up in the mail. Basically, it's a money-grubbing letter from Charles Schumer. And, uh, and I thought, well, shoot, you know, you just go and throw the damn thing in the trash and don't worry about it. Well, a couple nights ago, I was watching uh, Rob Spent on Newsmax, and he had Ted Cruz on there. Now, Ted Cruz, at that time, he was, at the time, when he was talking about his last campaign, Senate campaign down in Texas. Okay. He was he was running against, well, uh, Beto O'Rourke was running against him. So this was, so was this recently that you got the letter from Chuck E. Schumer? Yeah. Yeah, this week. 
And uh, so anyway, I got, and he was telling about, well, the way things was going. And I says, he really put out, a, Ted had put out an appeal for some more money. And he managed to raise like $12 million in a very short time. Okay. Now, in the meantime, Beto O'Rourke happened to raise way over $30 million at the same time. So why do you think that is, Don? Why are the Democrats more effective? This is is what my letter says. Your $50 will will bring $200. uh, And your $100 will be worth $400. Okay. Okay, now, Ted was talking about some operation called Something Blue. And he was getting a lot of money through them, the Democrats were. And what I was thinking is that, I can't tell you the exact name, but Blue was one of the letters, no, one of the name, one of the words, and it was part of the name. And... uh all right, well, Don, we are literally running smack out of time here, so let me ask you real quick here. So what's the bottom line? What do the Republicans need to do that they're not doing to raise more money? Well, I don't know about this, but what I'm saying is this, is that I'm not sure, but but the thing about it is I'm, uh, I just kind of figured I don't think these, these people really care how much money you give. They just want the names so that they can use use our names to launder the money out of whatever they're getting it it could be don gotta run super we're super late here my friend uh but look i mean the reality is when you look at these uh this last election cycle on tuesday uh we got our butts kicked except in one place where we won the governorship which is in mississippi so again and by the way we barely eked out uh, the fundraising win there meanwhile you've got ronna mcdaniel and uh, she's out there and uh, she was giving a, um, you know, they're they're doing this uh, post mortem on uh, what happened, and she said, "Well, um, Richmond, the folks in Virginia, they didn't ask for our help. They they said they didn't want any help from the from the RNC." Now I find that to be absolutely bonkers, crazy. If that is true, cut number nine. You don't let people lie about you and let let it not let it go unanswered. Let it go unanswered. If, if you if somebody's spending thirty million dollars against you and they're lying about you and say you won't give life saving care for miscarriages or an ectopic pregnancy, you better get on TV and tell them that that's a, the voters that that's a lie or they think that's the truth. And our candidates have got to do this. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. You can go and say, this is where I stand, the Democrats are lying, and now let's talk about crime, schools, border, fentanyl, and national security. I just want to clarify one quick thing, though. The RNC had no involvement in these elections of Virginia per Governor Youngkin's request? We not. Well, we were told in the summer they didn't need us, that they had all the money and they were good. So that, is, that was the conversation. Thanks for your time. All right, so either... So look, if she's telling the truth, then Youngkin is a moron. If she's not telling the truth, she's a liar, and she needs to be removed from her job. But I would contend that she still needs to be removed from her position as chair of the RNC because she didn't push back. And I'm t- if you've got a if you've got a place like Virginia, a, a, a state like Virginia, where it's already it is going to be neck and neck, you've got to get in there and you've got to work your butt off. And your job as the chairperson of the RNC is to get in there and say, Governor, I appreciate what you're saying, but you need all the help you can get. So it is it is a mess right now at RNC headquarters. And the fundraising is 
is despicable. But let me explain that to you right real quick here. You've got a lot of billionaires, and they are going to do whatever is humanly possible to stop Trump and to sabotage Trump. And one of the ways they're doing that is by by the pocketbook. And so they're holding back a lot of the money that otherwise would be going into the Republican coffers. So now the question is, okay, let's say Trump is the nominee. What happens when you don't have the billionaires out there funding these campaigns? Is that going to have an impact, or will the support for Donald John Trump be so overwhelming that it really doesn't matter? And we're going to have to look. We will have to consider that as we as we move closer to the 2024 election. But it's over for DeSantis. It's over for Haley. It's over for everybody. And I don't see anybody on that stage that could be Donald Trump's vice president. I just don't. By the way, Tucker Carlson, Trump says he might consider Tucker as his VP. And I'm curious to hear from you. We got to take a break. But what do you think about that? Vice President Tucker Carlson, would you vote for that ticket? A Trump Carlson ticket. 844-747-8868 is our number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Happy Friday to you, America. By the way, today is Open Line Friday. Now, we have a lot of uh, brand-new folks listening and watching the program. want to say hello to all of our Newsmax viewers on N2, Newsmax 2. And here's how it works. Uh, if you want to talk about something that is off-topic, you get to do that today. We call that Open Line Friday. Now, our telephone number, and you will need this if you want to call into the program, 844-747-8868. Again, that's 844-747-8868. And by the way, if you want to check out that insane interview we just did with Senator Ted Cruz, uh, you can do that by going to our website and downloading our free podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast and uh, lots of great information for you there. And we hope that you uh, check that out. All right. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line right now. Great to have with us our friend, Congressman Eric Burleson from Missouri's 7th Congressional District. And uh, the congressman, also a member of the Oversight Committee. Congressman, hope you're doing well today. Doing well, Todd. Thank you. Congressman, uh, before we jump into the latest on the uh, the impeachment of President Joe Biden and whether or not that's going to happen, and we know subpoenas have been issued, um, I'm very curious about the looming government shutdown. Uh, what are you hearing? You know, we, we have a new speaker Mike Johnson, I don't think that he's going to be business as usual. I think he, um, and he's a man of principle and he's, and he's got a lot of courage. I think that, um, he's willing to, to go to, go to the mat with the Senate. Uh, the Senate just wants to do a clean CR or, or they want to pass an omnibus spending bill, which is what they've done for the past 27 years. 
But I think that what we'll see is a package come forward that's going to be very difficult for the Senate to turn down. Um, they may not like it, but they but the politics of it may be difficult to turn down. For example, some of the ideas floated are to take the Israeli aid bill, including the pay-for provisions where we take money away from the IRS in order to pay for the support for Israel and, and cut some of those 87,000 new IRS agents. Um, the Democrats and Joe Biden may not like that, but if they want to keep the government open and they want to support Israel, they're going to have to decide, is uh, are IRS agents more important than keeping the government open and supporting Israel. Look, I think that's a that's an important thing and it's a, it's a brilliant strategy. And again, it takes away the, the you know the the very conflicted views that a lot of us have on Ukraine and it puts the focus directly on Israel. They need the money, they need the funding. And fine, let's put the Democrats on record if they're not going to support the nation of Israel, I think the voters in their districts need to understand that. Yeah, and Todd, it also sets us up for a um, a good fight when it comes to the Ukraine funding, because we know that uh, the Biden administration, that's their number one priority. And, uh, and so if, if that's, if they're going to demand that, then we're going to get, we're going to take a pound of flesh as much as we can out of this president. And, and what I mean by that is he's going to have to fix the border if he wants any money to go to Ukraine. And I mean, really fix the border, uh, make sure that it's, it's cut back to pre Biden levels, Trump era levels, if not less. Um, in the metrics before we start uh, supporting any dollars going towards Ukraine. Congressman, uh, let's, let's talk about, about the investigations. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of smoke. Uh, people now wondering, okay, is there fire? Uh, we've heard a lot, of, a lot of crazy things about the Biden family crime syndicate. Do you have the goods on the Bidens? I believe that we do have the goods. <clears throat> I think that the that the check that came out last week is the final piece. And I say that because we have a paper trail. We have a financial record trail of money that flowed to Hunter Biden to the tune of $400,000 from, from the Chinese energy company. Then Hunter then transferred that to, to Joe's brother, Jim, who then sent $40,000 to Joe. $40,000 just happens to match up with what we found on the Hunter Biden laptop and the emails and the communications with Bob uh, Belinsky. Also, uh, that it also that timeline matches up with the threat that was made by Hunter Biden with the WhatsApp message where he, he was demanding, he was saying, I'm sitting next to my father, and if you do not make good with your promises, I will make sure that the man sitting next to me um, and, and I uh, will never forget and we'll hold a grudge forever. That threat clearly initiated the payment that ultimately resulted in Hunter getting $400,000 and 10%, $40,000 going to the big guy. To me, that is, that's enough evidence to impeach the president. But what we're doing this next, what we did this week was subpoena Hunter himself and Jim Biden and, and others in order to get them to come in, take depositions, on the record, under oath, with by the, by the, the by our attorneys, and get and give them the opportunity to tell us exactly what was going on. So what happens? What happens if if say Hunter decides, nah, I'm not going to do it. I, I'm going to ignore the the subpoena. 
What happens at that point? Well, the problem is that this administration would would uh, is really in a position where they're gonna they're gonna have to uh, in, enforce the subpoena because they did so when it came to um, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon had a much better um, a legal case to make that he was the he was the chief of staff for Donald Trump. He worked in the White House, and that therefore they have certain immunity. But you can't make the same claim for Hunter and for Jim. And yet the Merrick Garland prosecuted uh, Tom, uh, uh, prosecuted him for not showing up. And so uh, but because Bannon didn't show up, he was prosecuted. It, they can't. It, the double standard would be too appalling, I think. And if, it, and if he's not going to do it, then we know the fix is in. And the American people, we, we, need, we need to take action. Well, and I think people people want to see that happen. But again, there are others out there, including some within our own party congressmen who say, well, um, this is all well and good, but it's a waste of time because even if he is impeached, nothing's going to happen in the Senate. So why is it important for the Republicans to move forward and impeach this president? I, I thought I think it's important. I, I, for one, I don't want to see Kamala Harris become president of the United States. So it's not really a great outcome. Yeah. But what isn't good and what we cannot tolerate is, is what, it, what has happened. This criminal activity, I think for the first time in the history of the United States, we've had the president of the United States accept bribes. For the first time, on record, we have a paper trail of the then vice president, now our current president, Joe Biden, using his office to garner favors and not in return for political donations to his campaign or, or, or this or that, that he directly benefited financially and received in the transfer of payments, received ultimately the financial income to his personal bank account. That's what's appalling. It's, it, the fact that that happens disgusts me. It should disgust the American people because this guy sold us out to not just any country, but to corrupt nations around the world. That's it. Uh, all right, Congressman, we're going to have to leave it there. We appreciate uh, your good word. Congressman Eric Burleson from Missouri, thank you. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate you. All right, folks, uh, there you have it. We will take a break here. The other big story we've been following, President Trump uh, suggesting that Tucker Carlson could could make a good vice president. Uh, what do you think about that? You think Tucker Carlson uh, would be a good number two on the Trump ticket. 844-747-8868 is our number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Todd Stern Radio Show. Let's go to the phone line to As Promised. Uh, let's start in Maine with the American lady. What's on your mind? Hi, Todd. This is Diane from Maine. You made my day by saying Tucker Carlson, VP with President Trump. You've just made me so happy, and I only wish it would come true because we need both of them desperately. 
Wow, so you think that would be the uh, that would be the the combo platter, if you will? That that's the winning that's the winning <laughs> team. Seafood platter topped right off with tater sauce. You got it, guys. I lo- all right, <laughs> very nice. So so let's Diane. So let's work through this here. What is it about Tucker Carlson that says he's the guy? Well, I love his commentaries. I love how he digs into the truth. He's not afraid to to spell it out, Todd. I used to watch him on Fox every night at 8 o'clock. My husband and I looked forward to it. Since he left Fox and they, you know, let, let him go, I've talked to more people, Todd, that don't watch Fox anymore. Mm. I have to admit, I do watch Greg Gutfield. I like his commentaries, and I think he's fair. But, but people Tucker are watching Carlson. Newsmax. I mean, it's that, that's the place where people are going. And, oh, uh, definitely. Oh, Rob Smith, oh, I, I do. I watch uh, Greg Kelly. I have for years. They tell the truth. I love them both. I watch them faithfully every night. But that is just a wonderful ticket with Tucker Carlson and President Trump. Oh, it would be a winning ticket. It's so overwhelming, Todd. It needs to happen. It just needs to happen. All right. Well, Diane, we appreciate your call. Uh, folks, uh, Diane from Maine says Tucker's the guy, VP Carlson. Let's go to Connor in Boston. Hey, Connor, what's what's on your mind today? You know, I would second that, too. I wouldn't mind the Tucker Carlson ticket. I mean, at least he's pretty genuine, to be quite honest. But, you know, I called in today because I want to talk about um, when it comes down to Republican turnout. And I think a lot of Republicans, Todd, right now, are just, are, just have, like, a phenomenon known as, like, um, rhino anxiety. You're so afraid when you go out and you vote for these people that they're going to turn out to be a rhino, and they're going to promise you one thing, they're going to get to Washington, and they're going to vote a completely different way. We have that with uh, um, Susan Collins. We have so many to count, unfortunately. But I think we need to have more enthusiasm. I think we need to have a new chair. Connor, I appreciate Yeah, we're going to have to let you go there. We've had some sort of a phone issue with you, but I, I get your point. It's uh, I think there are a, a lot of people that are out there that do not trust the Republican Party. And it's true that the, the efforts they've had so far have been completely ineffective. They do not have the apparatus that the Democrat Party has. Now, keep in mind, the Democrats have a lot of things the Republicans do not have. They have an education system that's been weaponized against we the people. They also have the mainstream media in their corner, by and large. I mean, basically, conservatives have Newsmax. Uh, that's, that's the one effective platform that is truly fair and balanced. That's left. So... It's it's going to be it's always going to be an uphill climb for Republicans, and that's why there's really not a lot of of wiggle room, if you will, for for mistakes and and for errors. All right, uh, let's go to Bill in Indiana, watching us on Newsmax. Hi, Bill. What's going on? Oh, same old same. I'm glad you took my call. And, uh, and the deal is, all these people and that are dirty in our government are the ones we need to get rid of, they call them rhinos. I call them uh, people who have been taking money for years. And uh, the, the thing I was asking about was traitorism. You know, years ago, uh, they used to call it uh, uh, bribery, and now they call it lobbying. And uh, anybody that sells our government out is a traitor. And the last time I checked, uh, Todd, the uh, penalty for being a traitor was death. Is that not in in 
instance anymore? I mean, don't 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 it count to take care of your country? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting, uh, Bill, that there has never been. I know a lot of people talk about this, and I've heard this. I've heard this line of argument before. Uh, not a single person has actually. No American has actually been executed for treason against the United States. And I think again, you have to look at the definition of treason. I mean, uh, and, and you know, it's um, it's sort of like um, it's sort of like terrorism these days. So everything is terrorism. You know, there's a definition of terrorism, and there is a definition of treason. What about Milley when he said he'd call up China, or he told him that he'd call him if we were going to attack him? Well, that to me would be a violation of his oath, and I think that is a punishable crime. But are you saying that you want to go out and just start executing people, Um, you know, putting them on trial and executing Americans in the streets? Is that what you're suggesting? No, I'm just saying that that's the penalty for for selling out the United States, and this is our home, and we we have to take care of our home. Well, we do, but Maybe we also have to follow the laws of the land, Bill. That's that's the the other part of it, and it, all they have to do is enforce the laws. Look, uh, I'm not supporting. I don't support execution of for treason because nobody's ever been executed in the history of the the Republic for treason. But there are rules and regulations, laws on the books enforce those and start punishing these people by sending them to jail. Enforce the laws that are on the books. Bill, appreciate that call. All right, let's go to Janice in New Orleans. And uh, Janice, I understand you're not a big Tucker Carlson fan. No, I used to watch him on Fox News Channel, but he could be annoying. He laughs ah, and all this sort of stuff. No, he, he's not exactly my thing. I can't see him being the vice president of our country. And while I have you on the phone, I'd like to mention the other day, they had another uprising, uh, Loyola Tulane University. Another one? Over the, yeah, they had another protest thing just the other day. Oh, boy. Yeah, and the, well, the, the other one was, what, a couple of weeks ago? And yeah. uh, you had the, uh, the, the Palestinian uh, folks going after and attacking Jewish students. Yeah. Yeah, mm. well, they had another thing going on just a couple of days ago, protest, marching. And, and going out of class and everything. I tell you, if it was me, I'd tell them, hey, look, here's the deal. This is a school. Now, you either sit at a desk and let's have school, or you're expelled. You're gone. Goodbye. You can't just walk out. No, you know. cannot. And, and Janice, that's the issue. we got to start playing hardball with these kids. Well, I would. I'm telling you. Miss Janice, always good hearing from you. Thank you. Let's go to, real quick, Bill in Ohio. Bill, who do you like for vice president? Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'd like to recommend Mark Robinson, lieutenant governor from North Carolina. Oh, uh, yeah. As, absolutely. As a, uh, as a very powerful, very articulate um, uh, African-American, we, I believe we need to start chipping away and keep chipping away at the black vote and the Latino vote. We're making headways there now. Trump is making headways. And I think that he would yeah. be a fantastic vice president. He's, in, he's energetic. He's enthusiastic. He's a man of God. And, uh, uh, boy, I would love to see Mark Robinson in there. All right, Bill, we're going to leave it there. We've got to take a break. But, look. We love Mark Robinson. He's a regular guest on the radio show. Of course, he is running for governor of North Carolina, but who's to say he could be persuaded 
um, and it would certainly uh, give North Carolina a battleground state. I, I think that would move it over into into the Trump category. So I uh, let's see. I, I like Mark Robinson. So we've got Tucker Carlson, Mark Robinson. Who would you like, ladies and gentlemen? 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. Starns Radio program. Happy to have you with us. And of course, we're also honored to welcome our viewing audience on Newsmax 2 hanging out with us today. And by the way, coming up at 3 o'clock Eastern, you can watch the Todd Starnes TV show. Our special guest is Kat Kamick. Uh, she'll be joining us in the 3 o'clock Eastern hour, and you can watch that program on all of Newsmax's digital platforms. All right, uh, let's uh, go to the phones here. And we have full lines. Let's start with Melvin in beautiful Lake Charles, Louisiana. Hi, Melvin. What's going on? Oh, not much. How about yourself? You having a great one today? I am. What's on your mind today, Melvin? Yes. All these people that come over and they're complaining that they're they're protesting against America and the Jews and everything. If they don't like our country, why don't we just give them suitcases and let them go back home? They don't have to stay here. Isn't that an interesting concept, Melvin? Uh, we live in a free country. If you don't love it, you can, you're can. you happy to go wherever you want to go. Delta is ready when you are. All right, Melvin, appreciate that call. Not sure what's going on there. And, folks, when you are on the phones, uh, be sure to turn down your radio, turn down your TV, or uh, else you're going to get a lot of feedback. All right, let's go to jerry in north little rock arkansas hi jerry what's on your mind well real quick my eternal love and gratitude to each and every veteran living or dead and second uh real quick uh, on the vice president there's a guy out there you know who's a washington outsider and he's just like trump in each and every way except his demeanor and personality is 100 percent the opposite do you know who i'm talking about well, it sounds like you're talking about Mike Huckabee. Okay, well, that would be good, too. But I was thinking Trump Carson 2024. Ben, as in Dr. Ben Carson? Yes, love him to death. Yeah, yeah. you know, we had him on the program just a few days ago. And I, as we were talking, I just kept getting that vibe, that vice presidential vibe. Um, I think he would do a great job. Uh, the the challenge though is uh, you know there is such a difference between the two. I mean they're polar opposites as far as personalities go. Politics they're they're right there together, but that could be an interesting combo. And, and real quick, I mean it's open line Friday, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but you know every time you turn on the TV, there's a march, a demonstration, a protest, and it's every day now since uh, since October seventh, basically. And it's all the other side. The only time we are seen and heard in that kind of context is once a year at the March for Life. Right? And the reason is because the Democrats have set up an infrastructure where they can just announce, we're going to protest this, we're going to march against that. And if it's on a local level, they can decide at 8 o'clock in the morning, 
we're going to do this march in, in Brooklyn. And by noon, they're ready to go. We don't have anything like that on our side. And the RNC and the establishment Republicans are never going to do that, even though it's their job. They're never going to get this going because they hate us, Todd. They hate their base. That's true. But you know what we do have? We have hundreds of talk show hosts from coast to coast, nationally syndicated level like you and Chris Plant, uh, podcasters like uh, Megan Kelly and Liz Wheeler, and most importantly, we can take it right down to the local talk show host here in Little Rock. That'd be Brad Schmidt and Dave Ellswick. If we could get an organization of all of you guys together, and, you know, a little social media presence would help, but basically just all you guys doing your podcasts and broadcasts, if we could get this all together, wouldn't that be kind of the equivalent of their infrastructure? And couldn't we, I mean, I know it's harder for us because, you know, we have jobs and responsibilities. Uh, we can't uh, get that call at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday morning and be ready to protest by noon. But if we had, like, a national organization of conservative talk show hosts, couldn't we do something like that? I'm well, I'm going to answer the question. you got to let me answer your question here, Jerry. Um so, look, uh, the reality is that um, there is not a lot of camaraderie in the conservative talk radio world, and uh, it's pretty ugly out there. And there's a lot of backbiting and backstabbing, and uh, there are people out there who are not willing to go out and do what you recommend. And the reason why is very simple, because there are a good many conservative talk show hosts who are paid to be conservative. In other words, it's not their nature. That's not their worldview. It's, it's what they're being paid to do. And therefore, they really don't have any skin in the game. Uh, they're just out for a paycheck. And, and so that, that's a big problem. I mean, it really is a big problem within the conservative movement. And, um, and then it's really balkanized. So, you know, we try as best we can on this program to alert you to things, uh, alert you to issues that are out there. But at the end of the day, um, and we have tried this, Jerry, and, and that's why I, I get a little frustrated by this, because we have tried. Uh, but ultimately, it's all about, okay, well, how much are, how much are you going to pay me? You know, we were, um, I'm not going to name names, but we were interested in doing something for a very worthwhile cause. Um, and there was a big, big issue. And this one particular individual, a conservative, uh, we, we reached out to this person and they said, yeah, happy to do it, but it'll cost you $50,000. I need a private jet to pick me up. And it's just like, wait, what? I mean, are you kidding me? And look, and that's okay. If that's the way they want to run their shop, that's that's their business. I've got no qualms with that. If somebody wants to pay $50,000 to bring so-and-so out and, and give a speech, okay, that's great. But that's not how we do it. And that's one of the reasons why when we started all of this many years ago, Jerry, um, we had a, I just have a rule. If a, if a town calls and say the Tipton County Republican party wants me to come and speak, I will go and speak. If, you know, a crowd of 10,000 people wants me to come out and speak in Los Angeles, I will do that. But we believe, we believe every, every person in this country matters and the, the issues are important. I know it's a long winded answer, uh, answer to your question, it's a good idea, but very practically, I just don't see it happening, Jerry. Wow. If we were off the air, and I guess the individual you're talking about by his initials, would you tell me? 
No, I would not. Um, and uh, but but I appreciate you trying. Good good try. But again, it's um, and it's not just one person. I mean, this is across the board. And uh, we've actually done things where, it, and we do, a, and Jerry appreciate the call. But here's here's my philosophy. So let's just say we've got an organization, and they invite they invite me to come and give a speech, and say it's on a Friday or a Saturday. So if I'm in town, I will typically call the local uh, religious groups. I'll have my people reach out, and and they'll say, "Hey, Todd is in town, and he's you know going to be here Sunday. And if you would like for him to come and speak at your church, he'll do it. There's no charge. We don't expect anything in return. Um, you know, but first come, first serve." And we we just love doing that, and I, I like meeting people, and and we've had so many we've met so many wonderful people doing it like that. But uh, yeah, it's great to get paid, and yes, we do have sponsors that pay our bills, but that's not ultimately why we do what we do. We believe that there are important things we need to be talking about in this country, and that's what it's all about. All right, uh, let's go to Vicky in Olympia, Washington. Hi, Vicky. What's on your mind? Hi there, Todd. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you for asking. That's awesome. I really enjoyed what um, Jerry just had to say. You know, he's given this, obviously, a lot of prayer and thought. He has. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of, um, I'm going to touch on just a couple of things. One was the the uh, Carlson and Trump ticket. I would vote for it, but I don't know if Tucker Carlson can take a back seat. He's so... He's so brilliant and loves to talk so much. I just don't know if the two of them wouldn't butt heads (laughs) a bit. Ben Carson and Trump would be great because Ben Carson could even him, even Trump out a little bit. Uh, Another thought that I had about, I feel, I feel like we have the mafia in our white house and they don't even have to raise a finger to do what they've been able to do. The destruction of America has been on purpose. And Joe Biden is right on purpose. And the arrogance and the blatancy that they have with this tells me they have more up their sleeve than what we know. They're too confident in their wrongdoing. It's, it's so pretty very, evil. Very troubling. Yeah, it's, it's a very evil thing that's happening. And again, I do not believe that Joe Biden is in charge. Joe Biden is not in control. It's it's Barack Hussein Obama and and his his team, Susan Rice and all that crowd. And those are very bad players. Very bad players. All right, Vicky, we got to run. Appreciate that call. Folks, we've got to take a break here. 844-747-8868 is our number. This is the Todd Stern show. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Happy to have you with us today. A lot going on. By the way, yesterday, uh, we had a a great visit and did a pre-tape interview with Franklin Graham. Let's take a listen. Good friend, Franklin Graham, joins us. Franklin, good to have you on Newsmax today. Well, thank you, Todd. It's always good to be with you. Franklin, uh, I want to get to uh, the incredible ministry and the uh, the services that you guys had in Italy in just a moment. But I do want to get your reaction to what's been happening here in America. I personally have been just stunned by the level of anti-Semitism, the, the Jewish hatred that is here in, in America. Did that surprise you? No. 
Um, a lot of this is because of uh, the uh, immigration over the last uh, 20 years uh, from uh, people that are coming from uh, Muslim countries into this country. Uh, after 9-11, uh, they, like the immigration gates were wide open. And so, and they, they bring that anti-Semitic uh, um, uh, uh, feeling uh, with them. Uh, they hate Israel, they hate the Jews. And so it doesn't surprise me. You know, when you, when you look at um, what's being said, especially in many of our university campuses, where I think really they become incubators, not just for this anti-Jewish uh, fervor that is out there, but also the anti-Christian fervor as well. And all you have to do is look at what they're doing and what they're saying about Speaker Mike Johnson, whose crime apparently is having a Christian worldview. Well, again, it's uh, they hate God. And and that's what it's coming down to. Uh, they they don't want God, they don't want His standards, and they don't want uh, to hear from people that uh, believe in God and follow Him. And of course, uh, they hate His Son Jesus Christ. So, um, again, I'm not surprised. Uh, it's the world in which we live, and we just have to. I'm going to keep on doing what I do, helping people and doing the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to love people, care for them. I'm not going to compromise the truth. I'm going to stand for what the scripture says, Todd. Uh, and I want everyone to know that God sent his son from to this earth, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins. And uh, he died and shed his blood for our sins. He was buried on the third day. God raised his son to life. And if we're willing to repent, turn from those sins and believe on the name of uh, Jesus Christ, we can be saved. And that's what I want people to know is how they can be saved. I was uh, watching with great interest um, the evangelistic outreach in, in Rome. Uh, what was that experience like to see so many thousands of people coming out to, to hear that message that you just shared with our Newsmax audience? Well, it's uh, first of all, it's the first time this has ever happened in Rome. Uh, the, um, the evangelicals have never uh, come together before. And of course, the evangelical churches are small in Italy, and uh, and but they came from all over the country. And Todd, this is a result of uh, after uh, COVID nineteen, Samaritan's Purse. We sent a, a one of our field hospitals to Cremona uh, in the north. Uh, that was the epicenter for Europe at that time for COVID nineteen, and we uh, we set up a emergency field hospital in the in the parking lot of their hospital. And uh, it was a huge uh, success. Uh, we treated over 300 people and were able to save their lives. And, and the, as a result, the, the government of Italy uh, and the churches have uh, welcomed us. So last year I preached in Milan and now this year to Rome. And we're just grateful that God opened those doors. What I find fascinating about the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and Franklin, uh, back when your, your father was alive and he was uh, doing the, the, these gatherings, um, the churches would be involved. So after after you guys left town, the churches would step in and 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 really help and disciple the the new the newborn Christians. Uh, are you guys seeing that in in Italy as well? Absolutely, uh, yes. Uh, everyone who came forward, we follow up with them, and uh, we uh, I, I give them all a Bible. Those that come forward, uh, we uh, we give them material to help uh, them in their their Christian faith. And uh, so, yes, we follow up with, with all of them. 
And I hope uh, again and pray that the churches are at work right now. While while you and I are talking on the on the radio, I hope that there's many people that uh, they're in, they're following up with these new Christians there in Rome, and and I know they are. The churches were very excited. Franklin Graham is joining us today here on Newsmax, and uh, so many so many ministry activities happening. Uh, Franklin, and of course with Samaritan's Purse, uh, we understand that you guys are, are boots on the ground helping um, our friends in Israel. What are some of the things that you guys are, are doing to help the Israeli people? Well, we, we had a team on the ground on uh, Wednesday the 11th. Uh, of course, the attacks were on the 7th, so uh, Saturday and by Wednesday we were we had people there. One of the things that we're doing is we're providing uh, food vouchers, uh, uh We've done over 5,000 food vouchers. These are uh, people that are are these kibbutzes that were near uh, Gaza. Uh, these towns are, are empty. They've had to evacuate these people. So people are spread throughout the country in hotels. And so we're providing food vouchers uh, for these, many of these people. Also uh, food boxes. Uh, we've done hot meals. Uh, hygiene items. You've got babies diapers, medical equipment. Uh, we've uh, even provided defibrillators uh, for search and rescue teams. Uh, it's it's a, just the need is is endless, Todd. You think, you know, Israel is a, is a, a very technical country, but yet they are consuming their supplies and they just need help. Uh, and so that's what we're doing is we're working very closely with their first responders and we're going to be doing a lot more in, in the next week or two. Uh, so as the the rockets, uh, they, they're not, you know, there were hundreds of rockets a day being fired. Of course, that has now dwindled down to, I'm not sure if they're even firing rockets anymore. So as a result of that, uh, people are able to move around a little bit better. All right. Samaritans. Well, let me jump in here. And uh, again, that was uh, the uh, conversation we had yesterday with Franklin Graham. And you can listen to that entire a conversation over on our website, ToddSterns.com. All right, coming up in just a little while, uh, the radio program will wrap up and our TV show will begin uh, on Newsmax 2. You'll be able to view that on all of the Newsmax platforms. Our very special guest will be Congresswoman Kat Kamick uh, from the great state of Florida. Folks, it's been a great week. A lot of big newsmakers coming on the program. You can access all of those interviews at ToddSterns.com. You can listen to all three hours of our radio program by downloading our free podcast. Well, it's been a lot of fun, folks. Again, happy Veterans Day. We salute the men and women in uniform. You get out there and have a great Friday. And whatever you do, folks, be sure to go to church this weekend. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.